This week's episode of Legends of Gotham is brought to you by Audible.com. Get a free audiobook download at audibletrial.com slash Gotham. Over 100,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. Again, that link is audibletrial.com slash Gotham. Tell me about your mother, Jerome. She's my mother. What can I say? I love her. She's perfect. Not a very good cook, except for that. This Fantasia was conjured in your blinkered mind, Sven Carlson. Welcome to Legends of Gotham, where we talk about Fox's hit series, Gotham, set in the world of Batman. I'm Bill Meeks. And I'm Anne-Marie DeSimone. And Anne-Marie's cracking up. I am. <laughs> but we're back. We're back. For yet another episode. Episode, actually, I guess this is a semi-milestone. Episode 25 That's of kind Legends of, a milestone. of yeah, definitely. Especially, it, it, we're we're probably what nine months nine nine months in, ten months in Something since like the that. first episode. Yeah, so t- episode twenty five. It's our baby. Makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they no longer qualify for insurance. About ready to leave home. <laughs> Home. Don't actually qualify for insurance. Yeah, you you get knocked you get off. The, your, you, you get, get the knocked, discount. No, you get knocked off your parents' like health insurance and car over, insurance over and stuff. Yeah, fair enough. Okay, but we're not this here. This just to got talk. really technical. Yeah, we're Sorry. not here to talk insurance law. <laughs> that that's our other podcast, Legends of Insurance Law. <laughs> <laughs> where we talk about insurance.com. Where we talk about Fox's hit series, that lawyer commercial that comes on at eleven thirty PM <laughs> uh, set in the world of real life. Uh, no, but I uh, the the laughing hold on, laugh again, Emery. <laughs> Laughing's appropriate this week. Um, So why don't we go ahead and get started with the uh, rhyming Ridley in episode summary, and then we'll start talking some Gotham. When is a boy more like a bomb? When he is raised by a snake lady mom. Where can one find a fighting clown surplus? If you ask Jim, plus one, he's a Haley's Circus. Is the answer apparent on Gotham? For sure. Will Robin be named Jim when the Graysons mature? Will Barbara break from what Jim didn't tell her? Many jokers to fear in the blind fortune teller. The blind fortune teller. The blind fortune teller, then. The blind fortune teller. Yes. And Marie, what did you think overall about this episode? <laughs> it was so good. good. So many things. I know. Like, it was re- jam-packed. Absolutely. I thought it was really just going to focus on, well, spoiler, the Joker storyline. Yeah. Well, people have seen the episode. We don't have to worry One about would spoiling hope. here. One would hope. You would think. Um, But yeah, there was so much more. And no lie, I was really excited to see Barbara back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, especially with uh, the new status quo for her and everything. Mm-hmm. But okay, well, one of the things that I thought was rather interesting yes. about this episode was uh, the, the, the gentle steps uh, Bruce Wayne ta- takes forward in the uh, whole uh, Wayne Enterprises uh, concern <laughs> that uh, yes. his father and uh, mother left behind. Uh, now, Bruce is keeping track of, uh, well, basically uh, several of the subplots that we've had this season right. in a little notebook. And I went ahead and pulled up or pulled up a uh, enlarged copy of the notebook pe- page so we could take a look here. And this will be in the show notes at legendsofgotham.com. But uh, there, there's a, if you remember from the Viper episode, there's a company called uh, Wilson. 
I think. Wellzine? Wellzine, uh, that was responsible for the Viper drug. Mm-hmm. And uh, there was a connection discovered between that and Wayne Enterprises. So a lot of these notes that Bruce has here, uh, when did the Wayne Enterprises uh, board know of the research uh, mm-hmm. for Viper? Did my parents know about Wellzine? 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 Wellzine. Wellzine. Uh, why did Wayne Enterprises uh, keep Ar- the Ar- Arkham Project? Uh, wh- why did they uh, cede uh, the Arkham Project to criminal uh, organizations? You mm-hmm. know, the Falcons and stuff. And the, the last one here that I thought was super duper interesting, right at the bottom, mm-hmm. what is Indian Hill? Which, oh, <laughs> sorry, there's the music here. Um, but yeah, as far as uh, Indian Hill, uh, Falcone is in control of it now. Maroney gave it to him uh, at the Penguin's the Penguin. behest. Uh, so we know it's important. It's in play. Uh, Gotham City is made or falls on Indian Hill, apparently. Yeah. So I I, th- I th- thought it was interesting that, uh, you know, he, he's very much into that. I liked his doodling up at the top of the page. It's so. creepy. But, uh, you know, so uh, Wellzine uh, doing the Viper stuff, uh, basically a warfare research, which Bruce mentioned on the notes mm-hmm. i i think uh definitely connects back to if you guys remember from the viper episode warehouse 39 mm-hmm. that got cleared out right before uh, harvey and jim got Showed there them, by yeah. the one board member yeah which uh, she was being rude well i, I think she's probably heavily involved when, well yeah she had a phone call with someone right after that like oh yeah they, they didn't find anything yeah, the other loud mouth in the board meeting probably yeah. but i i definitely uh, I, I i do like uh, the idea of warehouse 39 and i really think that this is going to be a source of the more uh super super villains uh moving forward the the banes the killer crocs the man bats you know that sort of the thing. condiment king uh no the condiment king doesn't have any superpowers he just has a condiment gun that's it's like guacamole, sour cream. It had been a few weeks. I had mustard. to bring them up. Sorry. Oh, no, it hasn't been a few weeks, but you're <laughs> welcome to bring them up for for sure. But yeah, I, it's d- definitely uh, very interesting. And uh, again, Indian Hill, super important. I'm really curious as to what's going on with that whole Indian Hill thing. I also wonder um, why he didn't bring – he. They, they called him out on it. He had no proof of anything. Yeah. I feel like he should have gone with some sort of proof or was he just going to spook him to start with? Because yeah. he just walked out as soon as he was done talking. He didn't want answers yeah it, it kind of felt like it was th- this was a warning to the board you know that oh it was yeah he was definitely like i will take this to the shareholders meeting and there will be legal action yeah yeah i'm aware of what you guys are doing you might want to back off of that or things are gonna right. go your way yeah it was, it was a little weird very because, i mean just because he didn't have any sort of proof i feel like mm-hmm. he should have had at least you know one little receipt or notebook or folder in his pocket basically well batman works uh, much like uh, the nsa does these days <laughs> in, in which they'll find the result they want uh you know the board being guilty of conspiring right. and then they'll work backwards to find the proof sort of thing okay that's fair uh, but, but batman does that a lot and i mean batman isn't necessarily beholden to you know needing to have evidence so right I, I, it definitely makes sense to me for Bruce to kind of just be like, I don't need evidence. I, I have right. – I'm a Wayne, gosh darn it. This is my company, peoples. <laughs> mine. All mine. 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 But I, you wanted to talk a little bit about Alfred. Alfred, Alfred does not approve. No. Alfred is all. not a fan. Alfred doesn't want to end up dead in a ditch basically is what he's like this is not mm-hmm. safe this is not a good idea we should not do this alfred we have been over the 
this a hundred times. I do not care what you. Okay, fine, Master Bruce. Well, I, like this is the first time it feels like Alfred has not approved of something and hasn't been able to talk him down. Mm-hmm. So, well, I I think uh, it probably has a little bit to do with uh, their their interactions last episode to where they've kind of they 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 kind of firmed up their relationship a little bit to where yeah uh, yeah Alfred is kind of in that fatherly position now to where he's going to tell Bruce what he doesn't think should happen, but he also kind of showed Bruce that he has enough respect for uh, what Bruce is doing that he's not going to step in his way if he thinks well, he's I mean, doing what's right, too. He still technically works for Bruce. Mm-hmm. Technically, so. he's still his employee, and Bruce will throw that around whenever he needs to. <laughs> so, I don't know. That was interesting. Um but um, I really liked that even though he doesn't approve in any way, shape, or form, he supports him. Yeah. So, you know, obviously he's going to be there because he doesn't want to see anything happen. Because mm-hmm. if Alfred wasn't there, who knows what could have happened in that board meeting. Yeah. So that kind of shows a little bit of, like, respect for him. Mm-hmm. Even. I don't know. So there's uh, that. Definitely. That? You, always fun to see uh, see Bruce uh, stepping up to the plate at Wayne, Wayne Enterprises, too. I have a feeling that we're going to get possibly get uh, a familiar face, like, say, like a Lucius Fox or something coming in soon to watch uh the company for what, bruce what's a lucius fox uh morgan freeman played him in the that can we Begins, just get morgan Dark freeman Returns. can we just get morgan freeman i hope Mor- morgan freeman i said freeman i uh, fe- actually i uh, isn't morgan Freeman the opposite of morgan freeman i guess well let's move on a fee versus free aye, 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 aye. <laughs> okay. this is what i'm working with people uh but okay so speaking of working with this has nothing to do with the phrase working with nope Barbara came back to her apartment finally, her swanky apartment. With no luggage of no any luggage. sort. A uh, little little tipsy, I think. Oh, yeah. <laughs> little bit. Not sure on what, but. But uh, she discovers a cat girl and uh, poison ivy hanging out there eating peanut butter. and uh, That was Nutella. That wasn't peanut butter. And, and a, a cereal from uh, Quentin Tarantino movies, I believe. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, so comes in there, finds them, and is pretty much okay with it. She's mm-hmm. like, yeah, these two girls are hanging out in my apartment. Who Whatever. are you? Where's Jim? Okay. Okay. We'll roll what with are you it. Eating? But I, I did think it was interesting, especially considering how much that apartment looks like the classic watchtower from Birds of Prey, Oracle, Barbara Gordon, you know, running a group of super heroines um, in Gotham City. Mm-hmm. I, I, I thought it was interesting that uh, Barbara, who would become uh, – Barbara Gordon's mother uh, in the comics and some versions of the comics would be, uh, you know, living with these two future super villainesses right in a, a very watchtower type apartment and so i i thought it would it was kind of cool like maybe maybe they're aiming barbara to be sort of like a proto oracle and uh, she's going to be wa- running all these super like kid super villains uh through gotham city or something but i mean she she's definitely uh she's definitely going to have a, an axe to grind here now that she's seen jim and uh leslie making out sailing as you put it yes uh sailing they went sailing they did they did uh they went sailing go sailing in the uh, locker room there <laughs> but but uh so i you know i'm thinking definitely barbara is going to have have a big conflict with Le- leslie i think and mm. oh yeah so so i i think there's definitely something there and i also thought it was interesting that uh you know jim is so resistant to leslie helping out to it and it got me thinking about like the differences between barbara and leslie and i think that might be part of the issue is that jim was really comfortable in the relationship with barbara because she kind of of like she sat at home and she didn't mess with stuff or she she uh you know didn't mess with his work too much she was kind of an escape for it and the when they started having problems was when she started trying to interject herself into his cases at right. work and so i i think that's his main concern with leslie kind of but the jumping, problem oh go sorry ahead. go ahead 
Oh, no, I was going to say the problem is, though, is that Leslie is a professional right. at, the, at the same time. So she – where Barbara's an artist, she just probably shouldn't be involved in police cases. Leslie has She has all the right to be, to be there. Be there. And in fact, she's there because Jim suggested she go after the job. Right. That's you, what I was going to say is they met at work. Mm-hmm. Like you can't really expect her just to, you know, go to the back. You yeah. were calling her in on that case. You mm-hmm. were asking for her help. And now you're like, no, no, go make cookies or <laughs> pie rather. Yeah, well, that was just a joke. I know. Kind of. It kind of was. No, kind of. I think – well, I think – It was said as a joke, but – I think he definitely prefers pie over cookies. I don't think he was – Honestly, being like you know, well, he wanted her to leave. Was, well, I don't think it was a get it get in the kitchen kind of no, joke. No, but it was get out of my crime mm-hmm. scene. But I, I definitely think that you know Jim is kind of coming to terms with with this new dynamic situation and everything. And through gritted teeth, he's start he's learning to look at her as more of a professional partner as well as a romantic one. I, I it, it's a. You know, I think he's realizing it's more of a him problem than a them problem, and it's something he needs to get over. But uh, he just wanted to eat his dinner. He did just want to eat his dinner. I wanted to eat the mm-hmm. dinner. It looked delicious. Yeah. And they got like two bites, and she's like, no, we got to go. And then and then she kept stepping all over Ed first, like... <gasps> oh, that's yeah, so not o- smart. Over the body thing, and then the, the, someone actually, someone besides Ed set, had a riddle in this episode, and she solved it. Oh, I missed it. They didn't even bring it to Ed, who loves riddles. He does love riddles. Oh, that riddle. Uh, yeah, the whole yeah, yeah. vision thing. Yeah. Uh, message from beyond the grave. Interesting. But yeah, a lot of uh, interesting things with Barbara this week. Nice. Um, Interested to see where she's going. <laughs> you're like, Barbara, Barbara, back to her. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it seemed, okay, first of all, did she not even, she wasn't even phased that there were street kids living into her apartment, but she made friends. Mm-hmm. She just quick sat, friends. Real quick, she's like, all right, cool. Um, and was seeking out their advice. She's mm-hmm. like, so I wear this? Like their dating advice. Yeah. And they're like, no, no, lady. Like, you look, basically, you look like a hawker. <laughs> and she did. But he loves me in this color. He may love you in that color, but there's mm-hmm. not enough of it. Uh, I, I wonder if she connected that Poison Ivy is the other woman that answered the phone a few weeks nah, back. Probably not. No. She's on too much. She was too high. She still is, which she's, is probably why she didn't care that there were two 14-year-old girls living in her apartment. She's in a constant state of high. Probably. One. So Selena also seems significantly less creeped out by Ivy since the two of them have basically been living in a penthouse. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was like, perhaps heat and food have done that. <laughs> um, they're probably – they both seem a little less like cracked out. Yeah. Uh, especially Ivy. She She's not as twitchy and creepy because mm-hmm. she's not – you know, living in a cardboard box with hypothermia or whatever. Yeah, living on the street will make you a little cracked out. A little cracked out. A little bit. Possibly, literally. Um, <laughs> and it, I think, in a way, Barbara was happy to have someone there who wasn't criticizing her mm-hmm. and critiquing her and being mean, in a sense. Like, not that Jim did that completely. He just yeah. sort of, he told her to back off. No, I can definitely see that because, you know, Jim was that way and then right, right at the end, Renee was that way. Right. Well, she had to be. She she knew she it wasn't a good thing. And then obviously her parents were that way too. <laughs> her parents were like, why are you here? Go away. Yeah, so she probably really appreci- appreciated just someone who was... Some companionship. Yeah, just willing to chill right 
Give her, give her some sailing tips. Yeah, give her some food. Yeah, interesting. So there's that. Okay, well, we're gonna take a little break here, and mini then, break. Uh, yeah, just a mini break, little teeny break, uh, which we always do here. Uh, first off, we always like it. Uh, well, you know, reviews are great because they they help us uh, rise the charts in iTunes, so people can discover the podcast. Plus, mm-hmm. if people are out there looking for a Gotham podcast and they go and they find say 24 great reviews for a podcast, mm-hmm. then mm-hmm. they're more likely to check it out, right? Right. And uh, so if we love it when you guys can go uh, leave reviews for us over on iTunes or Stitcher Radio or, or wherever you find your podcast. Yes, please. And uh, when when you do, uh, we read them no matter how good or bad they or are. Or bad they are. My favorite is the one-star review that was glowing. Yeah, probably the best review we've gotten for the podcast, and it was a <laughs> it was one, star, one star. So we didn't really know what to do with that. Nice. Uh, but uh, Anne-Marie, you want to read this one from sure. Enchanted Rose? This is from Enchanted Rose called Legends of Podcasting. We should <laughs> do that. Um, I'm- legends, legends, legends of podcasting. <sighs> We're going to tape this down. Okay. I'm so psyched that Anne-Marie and Bill have dedicated a podcast to my new TV obsession, Gotham. I'm a faithful listener of their Greetings from Storybrook podcast and always mm-hmm. enjoy their insights, opinions, banter, and even <gasps> gasp singing. La, la, uh, la, la. Um, AM and Bill do a great job, including their listeners in the fun too, and usually read feedback, theories, or play voicemails they've received. I also love that you don't have to know the comic book canon to appreciate this podcast. They do a great job of explaining relationships and history of characters, which has deepened my understanding of the TV series plots. Well done. And the reason we explain all those is because I don't know nothing. <laughs> which is why the dynamic works so well. It's right? why it works, folks. So thank you so much, Enchanted Rose, for watching both. Both of our shows. Oh yeah, definitely. If you want us to read, well, two thirds uh, of our shows. We'll get into that. If, if you want us to read your review on the podcast, just go over to iTunes or over to Stitcher or wherever you get your podcast and just leave a review. And actually, you know what we'll do this week? And we did this over on Greetings actually, and it was a lot of fun. You know how we do the rhyming, riddling episode summaries at the top of Ooh, every episode? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Why don't you leave us a rhyming, riddling review? That would be awesome. It would be super fun, right? I like it. If you and if you don't like rhyming, it can just be riddling. If you don't like riddling. You can, it could just be rhyming. Uh-huh. Mix and match. Rhyming Riddling. We'll read it on the show next week. Okay, now it is time for our, our lovely segment, segment that we have every single week and will never not have. Look at this Joker. Look, look at this, this Joker. Joker. He's on the show. Hey, look at this His Joker. Name's he does Is Joker that... stuff. Hey, look at this Joker. Look at this Joker. His name's Jerome. Yes, look at this Joker, where we look at the hints, clues, and other uh, stuff. Obvious marketing that tells you that. Yeah, and, Hashtag and this it, episode was no joke. You know what? Usually I go over all of the uh, things that we've done previous weeks, but I'm just going to skip down here to Season 1, Episode 16. And uh, it says has a picture of uh, J- the character Jerome from this episode. Looks like we're done here, guys. Check out Episode 25 for our thoughts on the Joker's origin. Uh, next week is called Red Hood, so we might have a little something more, but this is probably going to be it. And yeah, we're, this isn't even a segment anymore. Rip the look at this joke, Joker segment. <sighs> we're just really just getting back into our I main really talking points. It. We really just saved our Joker talking points until right now. Yeah. Because we wanted to sing the song hey, one last time. Hey, look at this Joker. Everybody look at this Joker. Look at this Joker. So, look at this Joker okay, now. So he's going to be in jail. But isn't he like kind of famous for like busting out crazy? Uh, he's, he's been known to bust out of jail. 
every once in a while. Okay. When the you think they'll suits. put him in Arkham? I, I would imagine. Or he's, do you he think they'll pretty, put him in actual jail? He seemed pretty nutty. He seemed pretty nutty, but he seemed pretty... T- yeah, it, it, it all depends. I, but I guess we should uh, start talking sorry, about, sorry. about the character. I was just curious. Okay, uh, just a few general impressions off the top uh, here uh, for, for the episode. First of all, I thought he, he was channeling Jack Nicholson's Joker. He may have been, yeah. Like, back and forth in the other. And uh, just the first of all, the face when they discover the mom's dead body when he mm-hmm. falls to the ground like that was i can't do like a jack nicholson smile like no nah, i can't do it anymore i used to be able to do a jack oh, nicholson really? smile yeah uh, hmm. no i can't do it i was trying to but yeah he he made the jack that jack nicholson face and and the voice also felt like a middle ground between jack nicholson's joker and heath ledger's joker in in a lot of ways and, and it was just i i know that cameron uh the actor who plays uh jerome slash the joker in this episode oh no wonder i was confused by your notes you wrote keith oh okay instead of heath and i was like who's, who's <laughs> keith yeah yeah that... sorry continue no but i uh cameron did say he didn't he didn't really uh he wasn't trying to copy anybody's performance but you could definitely see those influences oh there. you have to i mean there's no way you can play mm-hmm. such an iconic character and not have any sort of influence yeah and, and the laugh was a little bit uh mark hamill too <laughs> sorry he really likes playing with this new board, I, guys. I'm sorry. Give me like two more weeks and I'll be done with all the effects on the No, he won't. Or... It's going to become permanent. But no, I really liked <laughs> his portrayal overall. Mm-hmm. And uh, I also thought it was interesting that, uh, you know, he mentions uh, when you're baning a clown in the next room. Uh, I, I thought it was very similar to Fish Mooney's fake origin story that she gave a few weeks back to mm-hmm. Liza. And I also thought it was interesting that Liza was uh, – was playing Falcone's mom uh-huh. and then Lila which is a very similar name yes. is Jerome's mom here okay so I I wonder if uh, you know they're, they're probably just working a thematic like mom connection between the characters almost because it seemed like there were there are two parallels there one uh, Fish's fake origin story is very similar to the Joker's actual origin story That's right. and then Liza Lila are very yeah. similar names and also the Joker uh, the first big Joker story, I believe, or not the first big, but one of the big ones, mm-hmm. uh, involves the laughing fish. Hmm. So Tell us more about this laughing fish, sir. Uh, I, I I know there was uh, Joker venom or Joker toxin involved. I think he, he either put it in the fish to make them look all like Joker fishes <gasps> or, or he put them in the fish and it poisoned people and made them Joker out and die. You know, but you know there there's a fish connection with the Joker too. So I'm wondering if there's going to be some sort of uh, throwdown between those two characters before Fish bites it. Interesting. You know? I don't know if she's biting it by the end of the season either. Mm-hmm. I'm ta- I might take that one back. We'll see though. But uh, what were your thoughts on the Joker overall? Did you have anything specific um, or? <sighs> You can go ahead and discuss it a little in specifics if you I'm want thinking, to. I'm thinking. I'm thinking. Um, I mean, he was a, definitely a perfect young Joker. Uh-huh. Um, definitely a loner. Definitely working alone. Um, do you think the reason it, um, his origin is how he chooses the whole clown thingy? Oh, yeah. Definitely. This like, has to be the reason that that all. Well, he's circus folks. So, like, I'm sure once he has the accident that turns him, you know, white and pasty and everything. He he's was like, pretty yeah, white and pasty to begin with. Look at him yeah well he he's a ginger he's a ginger so yeah naturally he's gonna i mean he's a a ginger he's already pale you can barely see his eyebrows um no i'm just curious to see where it goes because we know we're not done with him for the season Mm -hmm. there's no way they're just gonna lock him up and forget about him after all the no joke stuff yeah i thought i thought it was really nice too how how that you could just see that switch flip like 
Like there. Oh yeah. Once he he realized that they were trying to get convinced that he realized that he wasn't uh, in control of the situation anymore. He was like, okay, then I can drop this facade. That that game's over. Let's start a new game. Yeah. Let's start the. It's uh, definitely playing angles and yeah. the quick drop that mm-hmm. um. The last one, I don't even remember what exactly they were saying. He's talking to his father, um, <laughs> and then all of a sudden back to Jim. What? What? What are you? Ta- what's? What's the problem? Mm-hmm. What's the issue? Oh yeah, just the sudden the shifts. Sudden in mood. shifts. So it's pretty interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, to see how that all goes. I also like how his uh, dad, Cicero, the blind fortune teller, mm-hmm. ha- how his hat looked very much like the hat that Jack Nicholson's Joker wore in Ooh. the 89 Batman movie. Also, uh, yeah, I mean, Cicero's uh, character, I forget the actor's name, but he played uh, Hector, uh, Uncle Hector, or Tio, on Breaking Bad. Uh, the guy with the with the bell, ding ding ding. If you, if you've seen Breaking Bad, you know what I'm talking about. But he did a really good job too. Nice. I guess he also a couple weeks back played Felix Faust on Constantine. Mm. So another case of a, a villain on one show <laughs> coming over to another one. Nice. Um, Rebecca Johnson would like us to bring back look at this Joker anytime Jerome shows up. That's fair. I think That's... we can make that happen because we know Rebecca appreciates our horrible singing. <laughs> um, and Bobby Hawk thinks he poisoned the water supply and it ended up poisoning the fish. So maybe Jerome. Rome is going to poison the 60 cases of water that the people down below are going to get. I could definitely see that. And I, I also I, – I kind of get the impression that, you know, next week being the Red Hood gain and everything, uh, the Joker being introduced this week, yeah, Jerome might have something to do with that. I almost thought that maybe this was part one of a multi-tiered, like, overly complicated Joker plan. It probably is. Yeah. It's the like, Joker. Like this th- – because y- – if if you know anything about comic book Joker stories, the way the Joker generally starts is he has one little crime, pretty obvious, pretty easy for Batman to solve, to kind of, you know, get in the room with him, get playing with him a little bit, and then stage two starts. And I mean, like, if you've seen The Dark Knight, that's exactly how it that's went how down. That's how it works, yeah. He, he intentionally got caught so he could get in the interrogation room with Batman and then present Batman with the choice between Maggie Gyllenhaal oh, and yeah, uh, yeah, the guy yeah. from Thank You for Smoking, Aaron oh, Eckhart. Maggie Gyllenhaal. But no, a very interesting, and I definitely i i think it would be fun if if you know he was involved with the red hood game behind the scenes or something too. probably hopefully we'll see a little for bit for being more 16 about. he's pretty savvy yes yes very for being a carny like mm-hmm. they move around the, the actor is 21 years old right he, but he's playing 16 yeah, yeah he looks they have him made up pretty well to look 16 mm-hmm. so okay dr tompkins dr tompkins i think wait she- hold on <laughs> go ahead um, she really solved the case. Oh yeah, she's the one who actually did anything. Jim really was just like, I'm just, I'm gonna go to bed. Yeah, she's the one who kept pushing she's it. She's like, forward. no, we're gonna do this, and we're gonna do this, and she was the only one able to get the circus people even talking. Uh-huh. She's like, yeah, people talk to jockers. <laughs> Everybody's talking. I don't know anything. No, no police officer, man. I don't know anything. It had to do with Lila, Mary, Mary. <laughs> Stop it. Um, definitely wouldn't have figured out the blind. Like. The blind psychic, she may not have taken him seriously. She wanted to because it was fun. Mm-hmm. But it at least got her thinking and then she was able to solve the riddle. Yeah. Like she – there was no way she was going to take that to Ed anyway. And I, there's no way – he was barely listening. <laughs> he was like, and I, – I love the little boy who led the blind psychic in though with the coonskin cap. Yes. Cap, like, just like, like that anachronistic this? thing. That was crazy. Um, and She is definitely very enthusiastic and was kind of becoming annoying. Mm-hmm. Okay, not just me. 
No, no. Good, because I, I was like, that. do I really want Gorkins now? Because mm. I don't know if I want to deal with her. But yeah, eh. like a, a, sometimes. What's better, the over enthusiastic? <laughs> I'm going to take over your life, mm-hmm. or the attic? Oh, no. See, the thing is, is it kind of struck me as a, a little bit like Ricky. I want to be in the show. <laughs> Which is very diminutive considering that Leslie Tompkins is a professional. And, I mean, she has a reason to be there. And, like, I I, I think at some points they were playing the character a little Ricky, I want to be in the show. And it just – it felt like it it brought the character down a a level for me. It it made her very much like that very kind of, like, hyperactive kid. Like, no, I want to help. Let me go. Mm. Let's go now. Yeah. No, who waits till morning? Let's go now. Which really it's a good thing they did because he'd have taken off. (laughs) So that's my thought. Okay, now it, as much as I loved the the Joker part in this episode, I kind of felt that there were a couple things I didn't like about it after the Joker part, and you know around the Joker part. It, for one, I felt like the the episode felt like it was pretty much over after that interrogation scene. Yeah, there was so much more to go. Yeah, there there were like six million uh, endings. Yeah. It, it was like Lord of the Rings. I think that was one of my later points, but that I'll go was, ahead and address it here. Yeah. But but it was like Lord of the Rings at the end with all all the endings. Uh, you know, there was Barbara finding Jim, Butch coming back. Bruce and the board, Fish's uh, plan works uh, in that facility and everything. Mm-hmm. And it, they, it, the thing that it bothered me the most about it is they ended on the weakest ending of all of them, which was the Fish story. Like the Fish story was just – it wasn't an action ending or anything. It was just her walking off to go meet the person in charge of the facility. I wrote it, Diva Walk was what <laughs> yeah. I addressed it because she was like, got yeah. this. I, I mean really the natural like – cliffhanger for next week would have been Barbara find it walking in on yes. Gorkins. Yes. Hashtag Gorkins. Hashtag Gorkins. But yeah, that, that felt a little weak overall, like just the multiple endings and then ending on the, the weakest one. And then there was also, I, I thought that like, just like the commercial break cliffhangers were really rough and obvious this episode where mm-hmm. they felt the need to summarize what had happened before the commercial break, before moving on with the scene. Like, mm-hmm. you know, they, for example, in the Fish Mooney uh, break when they they come in and she's like I- I'm in charge I I need to talk to or what's your name or whatever they said almost just like the a same. reworked version of the same line at the beginning yeah. of the next part and I I I don't know if it's I haven't noticed it before or as much in Gotham or it was just really bad this episode but there was a lot of that also when Victor's as uh, with. That was a bad. The whole Butch thing where they just kept editing his – he had like a little chuckle like, <laughs> and they just edited it over, over again both before the commercial break and after the <laughs> – it cut to different angles, different angles, and it went on for like 15 seconds. And it was just really bad and really annoying. We did get to see Butch dancing though. That was fantastic. I that, think I had a point on that later. That made me about. laugh like, <laughs> but there there were some things I thought they did uh, better. Or I think definitely people out there will think they did better this episode though, mm-hmm. which I, a lot of complaints about Gotham, they, they, they don't think this is a very subtle show. It's you not. Know, There's the, nothing subtle about it. The question mark on the coffee cup, for example, or, you know, the, the scarecrow in the back of the shots last week. And, and people complain about this. They say it's too on the nose. It's too obvious. We don't need to be hammered over the head with who these characters are going to be obviously this is mostly fans people who are fans of the comic making this complaint but i thought they did a really good job in Mm -hmm. being very subtle with uh both uh character origins in this episode both robins or the flying graysons 
and uh, the Joker. Like for for one, the Flying Graysons. If you didn't know Dick Grayson was Robin, you have no name, idea. Yeah, you would have never the known. The only hint would be if we have a son, we'll name him after you. But then again, they do, they that don't even na- name him. They don't name him. Who J- said James it's going to stay that way? Who although, said it's going to stay that? I way? I did see someone online online point out that Dick is another word for uh, private or for detective. Oh, you know, like you could be a private dick. So oh. that could be like the compromise. Interesting, or but but so but I thought it was nice. It was very subtle. And I also thought Jerome was very stu- subtle too. In fact, if they hadn't made such a push for it in the marketing, you never know. We would he would have just been another suspect He'd on our list. Yeah, yeah, he just would have been another addition to that. Look at this Joker page, and we would have moved on and put I don't and, know one of the Red Hook, Hook guys in last week. Did, next week or next week? Yeah, last week. Was <laughs> um, yeah. I agree. Um, I think they only pushed the marketing because they'd been dipping a little uh, ratings mm-hmm. wise yeah. and they needed to get that back up before the end of the season. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's probably why they pushed the marketing as hard as they did. Yeah. But I think they'd have benefited more from being more subtle on that because he definitely – they didn't have to reveal that yet. Yeah. On, on the other hand though, I, I know a lot, I saw several people who had kind of sworn off the episode or the show after the pilot or the first couple episodes who were like, oh, okay, I'm going to watch it tonight because we got to see how they do this and if they do it right because people care a lot about this character. Yeah, uh, And they, they wanted something to complain about, so they had to watch. Of course. <laughs> Ratings, well, however, we got to get them. But actually, like, I, I didn't really see any specific complaints about his portrayal of nope. the character at all. If anything, I, I heard complaints about them doing it at all. Like, the... They it's were, too soon. Yeah, people were complaining uh, that they did it at all, not about the specific, you know, how it went down, mm-hmm. but just that it had happened. And I don't think it was that bad. Oh no, definitely. I thought it was not. really, really good. Mm-hmm. And there's, I mean, you know, can only go up from here. Yeah, it, and then there was a whole nother uh, class of people out there who were trying to come up with convoluted reasons why he wasn't the Joker and why various other people in the episode were. Like people were like that that guy who uh, was the manager's representative and the fish storyline was the j- Joker. Oh. And they're going to no. reveal that later. Or the guy who got beaten up and killed. <laughs> they were like, no, that's the Joker. You'll see. And I'm like, no. No, no he's this, dead. This was very obviously the Joker. I, I don't His think... His face is even the right shape. Like, I keep staring at the picture and it's... Mm-hmm. That's the shape. He may have red hair, but this wasn't a red herring. This is the actual Joker. Oh, oh how long were you waiting for that one? About 10 seconds. I was just waiting for you to finish up your sentence. Wow. <laughs> but, you know, there, there were uh, so, some uh, new, good things, some bad things, but uh, they, uh, I probably those things were probably the bit they're probably the biggest complaints i've had in the entire series well it was just the cliffhangers this episode both the episode cliffhanger and the commercial breaks were just a little weak a little all over the place for me gotcha so oswald's mm-hmm. rough transition here but oswald's oswald's or as the penguin may crow Worst club ever. Oh, by the way, trivia. I was oh. watching an interview with Burgess Meredith, the pe- penguin from the classic series the other Ooh. day. And, uh, Is he going to be on the show? Is he going to be on the show? No, he's dead. Oh. Um, <laughs> See, this so is... So probably not going to be on the show. But... <laughs> I suck. <laughs> No, but he was talking about like where he got the – well, the you know how he always had the cigarette holder uh-huh. and he was always smoking a cigarette? I guess it made him cough all the time. So to cover up the coughs, like anytime he was about to cough, he would just go – <laughs> and that's where the, the penguin like <laughs> came from. But go ahead with your point. Oswald's is a flop. <laughs> Sorry. Anytime I need to cough now, I'll just go <laughs> – 
Um, okay, Oswald is horrible. I have no idea who they are actually trying to attract here. We've got punks. We've got modern day flappers. We've got his mother. And we've got the recently deceased man who yelled boo. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I, I was glad that we fight. It, it had been way too long since we had seen Penguin kill somebody. I know, but this was blatantly in front of like 15 people. Um, he probably killed those 15 people too. Shh. Not not all of them. One was his mother. Mm. Um, but there was a sign out front that said free sandwiches and half price drinks. That's where these people <laughs> came from. I was like, no wonder you're making no money. Free sandwiches and half price drinks? Yeah. Yeah. Got to charge for those sandwiches. Got to charge for the sandwiches. That's where the money's but, made. Um, it just feels like, you know, Falcone was all, let's, we need to change things up. We need to change things up. This, 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 this. All he did was change the colors, mm-hmm. the tone, and the signing. Well, I definitely, I felt in the Penguin part this week, uh, kind of how we've been discussing the past couple of weeks, how originally the series was only supposed to go to episode, what was it, 13 or 14 or 15 16? or something? Which is this week? No, I, I think 15. 15. Uh, wherever Fish part left on the boat. Yeah. Like, like, so I know they probably had to do some rejiggering, and that's what this feels like, too, because I'm sh- assuming they were probably planning on killing Butch off, too. Oh. So I, I have a feeling that this the club flopping because of Penguin is a way to get Butch back on the table because, you know, he became a pretty popular character. Yeah, he really did. We so, love Butch. So I, th- I think it was just a way to get him back in there and probably to give, I don't know, Fish a way to potentially reclaim her kingdom whenever she gets back from That was one know, of my things. Camp. I was like, is Butch really converted or is he just buying his... His time <laughs> buying his time yeah I just he was too dedicated yeah he's he, he i mean he killed his childhood friend for fish so i mean yeah. he's not gonna let a few weeks worth of torture uh right stop him you know sure we'll let zaz think he can do what he can do also i think it's a way for them to keep bringing back zaz <clears throat> mm-hmm it just yeah is having him do all of falcon's work for him yeah he didn't have his uh his riot girls girls uh, psycho death bitches or something I call yeah, them. yeah yeah i think so <laughs> um, <laughs> so i don't know i thought it was weird um yeah they got killed off though or at least one of them did i think at least one but he had three yeah. mm-hmm. it's not like he can't get more so yeah there's there's my issues with oswald this for, you want to go ahead and uh oh yeah you already covered this yeah one. so we'll go ahead and go doop, into doop, your doop, next doop, point doop. here all right fish fish i'm kind of impressed with her mm-hmm. she kind of took over and got them all you know like that. Yeah. There was no hesitation on anyone that I've seen. Mm. Like, not even, I don't know where her guy in the suit went, though. Like, he didn't <laughs> seem to, but he's not big and bulky. Um, he was they, booked on another, he was booked on Law and Order that week. <laughs> oh, <man>. <laughs> CSI, <laughs> the final season. Um, they wake up on her command. They help the sick and injured get water on her command. Mm-hmm. She has them trained with hand gestures and formations. Like, I know that there's not much going on down there. There's not too much entertainment. But yeah. when were they doing this? And was it before or after the daily meditations that they were doing? Because they were all sitting there like, <laughs> as they came down. Well, see, I, I, I really think this is a we're, – we're finally getting to see what Fish Mooney is capable of when she doesn't have sentimentality holding her back. Because, you know, even through her whole, like, machinations against Falcone and everything – there was a history there. There there was, you know, at least right. some good feelings back in the day there and everything, which made her hesitate a lot and also made her, her attacks more personal than maybe they should have been for right. her to succeed. Right. She should have been cold and calculating. And I think now that she's here in She doesn't give a rest about yeah. anybody. Yeah, exactly. She she can be cold and calculating and manipulative too because really what she's doing here, she's doing – 
what you know uh, any cult leader does, which is she's making using that word family uh, to get these people to uh, bond with her and build building them up to a place where they're willing to sacrifice themselves for the greater gr- good of the group. Right. Where I really don't think that when if push comes to shove, when she gets to the manager, if the manager's like, hey, uh, forget about those people down there and I'll bring you in yeah. or I'll let oh, you go. Oh, she'll be up. Oh, yeah. She, there, there's no family for Fish there's no family. No. down there. No, absolutely not. Um, I, I mean, I guess really they have nothing else. Mm-hmm. What else do they – I mean, this is – somebody's presenting an idea. Sure. I'll go along with it. Just hope my number doesn't get called and I don't have to get kicked up to death. Uh-huh. Because Al. <laughs> the poor guy. He just looked so scared. Yeah, he was like, He knew oh, what was crap. coming. He knew it was coming. Mm-hmm. Soon as his number, he's like, <laughs> <laughs> okay, kill me. No, but I, I wonder now because uh, you know we, we see uh, what they're doing with the harvesting of the organs and everything, and we see uh, Fish very smartly realizes that no, they're valuable. The prisoners are valuable because they they need these body parts for something. Mm-hmm. I well, I definitely think that the whole body part thing. I th- definitely think the doll maker we got a mention of mm-hmm. in episode two. two. Will uh, will probably be behind. This is probably the manager they're talking about. It makes me kind of wonder, though, if maybe this is all connected. This experimentation and this human organ farm and everything is connected to the uh, warfare research that Wellzine is doing with the Viper Serum and stuff like that. Also makes me think, I wonder where this facility is. Could it be, I don't know, maybe underneath uh, Arkham Arkham? or Indian Hill, an old Indian burial ground? This feels very spooky, like like an old burial ground kind of facility thing. So maybe maybe fish is uh maybe fish is Indian Hill. Maybe that's why it's so important cuz when the Indian Hill bust open fish Mooney is going to be pouring out of there with uh I don't know some dolls. Interesting. Yeah, just a couple ideas to throw See, out. So you there. hadn't mentioned any of this so I'm completely like <laughs> Blindsided. Take it aback and blindsided. I'm like, I don't even have a response. Well, I saved it for the end. Like it. Mm-hmm. Good time. Excellent. Good. Anything else on fish? Oh, hold on, wait. Wait, 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 wait. Hold on, wait. Where is it? I see my one note, but I want to make sure. Um, I like the hat. <laughs> you like the hat? I like the hat. Oh, the hat that she's wearing? Yeah, got a hat. I don't know who she got it from. I don't know if they're alive or dead, but she got a hat. Also, uh, one thing I'd like to point out before we finish up here is just that uh, with Jerome having such a father who's so much older, mm-hmm. makes total sense to me because I don't know if you've ever known a kid who came from like an older, like elderly father or parent. Uh-huh. They're always just a little bit off. They're always just a little bit off. I don't know if that's it's, horrible. I don't know if it's just the the old cells that <gasps> that are combined. You have just to make offended so many people. It's only a joke. Yeah, sure. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Out of one hundred, no, 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 nope, nope. one thousand thirty-eight nagging drunken whores. One thousand thirty-eight. Yes, one thousand thirty-eight nagging drunken whores. How many nagging drunken whores? Drunken whores. Do you give this episode? I'm trying to spell that. Um, Nagging drunken whores. Hmm. 1,015. Why? Because it was really awesome. Yeah, it was uh, fun. There was lots of good things. Um, like you said, that there was a lot of hanging, you know, uh, endings. Sorry. Uh-huh. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> hey, why do I like this show? We're on a show. We're on a show. Where am I? <laughs> What's going on? 
Um, no. Um, I don't know because how many nagging drunken whores do you really need? Apparently, Bobby needs a thousand and thirty-three of them. Thousand and thirty-three na- drunken nagging whores. Nagging, nagging drunken whores. Nagging drunken whores. Rebecca so Johnson confused. gives it a thousand and fourteen. Thousand and fourteen. Very high marks. You it's, know what? I'm going to give it the lowest mark. I'm going to give it nine hundred and ninety-nine. <gasps> I almost did that. Nagging drunken whores. I almost did that. Mainly because of my issues with the cliffhangers, but overall, I thought it was a good episode. A really good episode. I think they could have they could have actually without changing any of the writing if if they had just reorganized a couple scenes mm-hmm. could have been that full thousand thirty eight nagging drunken whores. Man. But what are you gonna do? What you gonna do? What you gonna do when they I come for you? Okay, guys. Oh, Bobby Hawk said typo one thousand twenty three. <laughs> oh. Bi- oh oh. Big difference. Ten there. less nagging drunken whores for Bobby Hawk. Okay, well, uh, we're going to take a minute uh, for a message from our sponsor, and then we'll be back with uh, some news and some uh, listener feedback from you guys. Lots of listener feedback. Stay tuned. Curly World closed down years ago, but the rides are still running. To step inside is to step out of time into a kingdom of magic, surprises, and thrills. Dog Boy follows a trail of abducted children to the gates of Curly World, where the general amusements hide a dark secret he was bred to uncover. How will he answer the demon's dare? (laughs) Dog Boy, Demon's Dare by Bill Meeks. Available on Amazon, iBooks, Google Play, and at dogboyadventures.com. And just as a reminder, that is also available as an audiobook at Audible, which you can pick up for free uh, by going to audibletrial.com slash Gotham. And we want to thank Audible, too, for sponsoring this Thank you, episode. Audible. And thank you, Bill Meeks, for sponsoring this podcast. Well, you know, it... It, it was a little out of my budget. Uh, you guys charge an awful lot, but I just had to. And now, on to the news. News. First up, the ratings. And by the way, you can get links to all of these stories in the show notes at legendsofgotham.com. Gotham scored a 2.1, up from up 17% from last week's series low, 1.8, 18 to 49. So, so all of the marketing worked. Yeah. And I mean, 2.1's right around – we They're were floating average. around 2.1 to 2.3 for most of the season. So mm-hmm. yeah, that's about right. I'll take it. That's about right. Okay. Uh, next up, we are going to play – let me turn this off for a second. Wait. What's our- what do you mean? Never mind. Oh, it's it's all good. Um, but don't mind me. We're we're going to play the promo uh, for next week's episode, but we generally don't show it on the stream because we don't want YouTube to take us down. But instead, we'll describe it to you. So uh, here we go. Their care, grace for the Red Hood, face. Butch and Penguin, flashbacks cheer, to fish, cheersing. Red Hood, Red, a lot of Red Hoods, a lot of Red Hoods. No, I think it was the same guy. The other ones had black hoods. Oh, okay, yeah, and it looks like a pretty we're big. Thro- bulky they're making guy. it rain. Making it rain. Some money. Uh, Alfred and Bruce boxing looks like. Yes. Uh, but then Bruce making a 911 call. Help, Fish, help, Fish help. says Dr. Dollmacher, so oh. Dollmaker probably. Guns, Red Hoods, throwing. And, and Alfred's Al- in the hospital. Alfred in a hospital bed. Also a really good uh, a, fan, huh? a good cover of uh, Shout, uh, you know, Shout, yeah. Shout, Let, Let It, it all, all Out, out. I by, I, by, I believe, uh, Lord. If I, oh, if is I that saw... who did that version? Yeah, I'm pretty I sure. I like Lord. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure I saw that. Pretty sure. And uh, the last story we have here, and just so I thought it would be fun to uh, throw out here a little bit, I saw this on Reddit this week. Uh, this guy, uh, username Zan Yuck, uh, recently had a son, and I 
links to Gotham, uh, the middle name is Oswald. That's so, fantastic. So there's a real Oswald out there in the world. I know, but weren't there some other good ones? Was there? Uh, I think there was. Hold on, let me. Pull it up. Oh yeah, someone else. Uh, uh, Gamey L O six says my son was born two months ago and we named him Bruce Wayne. I have the coolest beeping wife. <laughs> uh, but yeah, yeah, some good stuff. And uh, the link to the Reddit thread will be in the show notes. Curly World. Oh, Curly World is ago. coming back. Hold on. There we go. Sorry about that. Curly World. Nice. Curly World. Curly World. Okay. Uh, so now we'll go ahead and get into your uh, listener feedback. As so, always, when you get done uh, watching the episode next week, I want you to uh, make it rain. Make it rain. And then walk gingerly to your computer. <laughs> Email legendsofgotham at gmail.com. Twitter's at Legends of Gotham. The Facebook is Facebook.com slash Legends of Gotham. And the voicemail number is 424-274-2352. Again, that's 424-274-2352. And uh, you guys sent in a lot of good stuff. Uh, first off, I believe is, yes, it's Bobby. Take it away, Bobby. Hey, Bill and Amory. It's Bobby. This episode had a lot to live up to, and I thought it did a fairly decent job. I was actually even interested in what was going on with uh, Fish and Barbara this week. Of course, uh, tension still seems to be ramping up in Gorkinsville, <laughs> and with only five episodes left, that's probably not going to last too much longer, especially considering uh, Barbara's back in town. And of course, now I want to know what's going on with Fish. Took me, what, 15, 16 episodes to be interested with Fish? <laughs> it seemed like when the penguin's mom was singing like you could hear it where fish you know what wherever fish is at so maybe they're in the catacombs but when you're smiling when you're smiling actually i like that idea bobby by the way i i also wanted to point out that i really like that montage and i i very much support the dark creepy musical opening montages yeah, that, that was doing. fun beneath the club i don't know if that meant anything at all it was really cool to see uh, Bruce poking around finally start to come to a head. And then, of course, it was really great to finally see Bush, uh, Butch. Of course, uh, it doesn't look like they did too much physical harm to him, but uh, they damn sure... Yeah, he did seem pretty dapper still, but that yeah. might just be part of the presentation. I th- I told you, he was playing along. He probably took a day or two of the torch and was like, okay, mm-hmm. I'm just going to deal with it. He did something to him mentally, <laughs> but let's not beat around the butch. Uh, the, <laughs> let's not beat around the butch. <laughs> this was the episode that introduced us to uh, the Graysons, and then, uh, of course, while they didn't name him uh, the Joker. Los I don't Joker. know if Robin's parents have the whole Montague Capulet thing going on in the comics, but... <laughs> But I thought that was pretty interesting. And- oh, yeah. That was a good way to do it. I liked it. it, it and th- those characters don't have a ton of history in the comics until recently. So mm-hmm. so it, that was a good – sometimes they're, uh, they run afoul of the mob. Sometimes they're part of the Court of Owls. But no. Then, of course, Jerome. Um, I found it pretty obvious from the get-go that he was the one that – killed his mom and i mean if this is where they're going with the joker although i wasn't really on board when the show started i thought they did a damn good job (laughs) the kid was spot on this may be one of my favorite episodes yet so i'm gonna give it 25 of 27 creepy notebook doodles (laughs) yes maybe i'm wrong but uh through the episode they said that this feud had been going on for three generations mm-hmm. since the be, since before the Great War, World War One, which began in 1914. So let's say 1912, add three generations, that's 60 years. So you're looking at, what, 1972? So that places this series firmly in the 70s. 
They have cell phones. Interesting. They have cell phones. It's, it's a timeless time. It really is a timeless time. Uh, it, it's decompressed time. Uh, comic book fans will get that joke. And then there's the rest of us. Comic book fans like Andy B., uh, who also our friend over from the Flash podcast. Take it away, Andy. Hi, guys. It's Andy B., and I just wanted to leave my brief thoughts about last night's Gotham. I just finished rewatching it for the second time, mm-hmm. and goosebumps. I, <laughs> I I still have goosebumps from last night. I... Okay, let's just for argument's sake to say that jo- that Jerome is the Joker. He's our new Joker. Let's say he he is the he Joker. Is. It's not for argument's sake. It's for factual purposes. For factual sake, he is. I-, I love him. I think that he nailed it. I I felt a little Heath Ledger in it in his performance, as well as a little bit of a Mark Hamill, but also a little bit of his own take. And I know a lot of people have you know this problem with well, we, he should you know the Joker shouldn't have an origin story. But you know what? In this incarnation, I'm fine with it. You know, sometimes we, it's good to know where it comes from. And I'm sure the movies will take care of, you know, giving us the amb- ambiguous or um, origin of the Joker. Mm-hmm. So Jared Leto in the part. <gasps> Ooh. Jordan Catalano. Ooh. Joker Catalano. Ooh, I didn't know that. Or I It's kind of nice to have on television someone that is that has something behind him. Uh, I enjoyed the episode overall. You know, the only thing I didn't like was, of course, Barbara, because why would she be taking fashion advice from two homeless girls? And, <laughs> and, and like, you know, like they were just in, like they were living in her house without her without her knowing. It was just odd. Uh, but no, I really enjoyed the episode. I really enjoyed Jerome, and I'm wondering when we will see him again. I I have I'm hoping to see him again this season. But um, but yeah, but I can't wait to hear your thoughts about uh, this episode. So, um, yeah, have a, have a good one. And uh, may the Bat Force be with you or something. <laughs> <laughs> the Bat Force be with us. I don't think I've okay, heard that one before. That's a new one. I like Andy. it. I like it. Okay. Uh, next up is Michael Lucero. Take it away, Michael. Hey, Bill and Anne-Marie. It's hey. Michael. Uh, Michael. I really liked this episode. I thought it was really interesting setting up the uh, both the Joker and the Batman storylines uh, in one episode like that. I really liked the actors that they cast, especially uh, the blind fortune teller and the um, mm. Jerome. Uh, I kind of thought that Jerome looked like a really good uh, cast uh, job for the Joker, except for I didn't think his uh, his smile really resembled the Joker as we know him. It, his smile reminded me of some sort of like demented Howdy Doody. Demented Howdy Doody. Yeah, it, it reminded me of like Howdy Doody or like you know just like the classic like uh, marketing picture of like a little boy or something from back in the fifties or sixties. Huh. Like just like big like chiclet, big chiclet teeth you know yeah. what i mean uh until he actually started smiling and laughing and i was like oh my gosh that uh that smile line is perfect and also uh his father the especially the chin and the nose was perfect um so i really liked that the only thing i'm really not liking so much is uh the fish mooney stuff I just kind of feel like it's uh, you, you can really see the where they uh, had to extend things when they got uh, more episodes added mm-hmm. onto the season. Uh, it just feels a little bit stretched out, but I'm sure they're getting to the payoff pretty soon. Um, other than that, uh, I really like um, the whole relationship with uh, uh, Jim and oh geez, Leslie. Sorry. Gorkins. Gorkins! Uh, I really like them together, and it's really interesting what's going to happen now that Barbara's back. I really like the scenes with her and Ivy and uh, 
cat girl as well. So, all right, uh, I'll let you go and uh, can't wait to hear the podcast. Take care. Bye. Thank you very much, Michael. Thank you, Michael. And uh, let's see. Next up is uh, Dawn. Who uh, I love that we have so many voicemails. I know we, so got, cool. we got a ton this week and we love voicemails because yes. we don't have to talk. Yes. But, uh, and Dawn's is from, actually, she sent it like the day after we recorded last week. But it was Yeah, but good, she, so she, was, she was catching up. So, yeah. Hi, Bill and Anne-Marie. This is Donna War. I'm calling about um, Legends of Gotham. Um, I just thought um, I'm way behind, and I just caught up, and I thought I'd chime in on uh, what happened there because the ratings are going down, and I haven't been watching either, and I will tell you why. Not because it's not awesome, because, wow, it's awesome, but because um, that seemed like a uh, mid-season finale, so my brain kind of shut off. Like, when the most awesome stuff happens, you go, yeah, that was awesome. I'm going to have to wait a long time to see the rest of that, mm-hmm. and your brain kind of shuts off and you forget <laughs> to look for the show. That's what happened it. to me. Um, yeah, I can definitely see that because there were not only just the mid-season finale, but also that episode from a, where Fish takes off right. at the end of the episode. That right. also felt kind of like mid-season finale-ish. Right. And so you just sort of like, okay, I'll wait. Yeah, I can definitely see that. I saw there was more episodes of Greetings from Storybrook, and I'm like, oh, it's still on. That's right. That- I'm pretty sure you meant Legends of Gotham, yep, not our totally other meant- podcast about Once Upon a Time Greetings from Storybrook. But it's there okay, are more episodes done. of that as well. Yes. It wasn't a mid-season finale. I remember them talking about that now. <laughs> so um, I just caught up. By the time the next show, your next show happens, um, this will be irrelevant probably. But, um, <laughs> Never. Uh, that, there's no sense of commenting on anything because it won't matter. Uh, <laughs> uh, I just want to say that I'm watching Terriers now. Um, I love Donald Log. Is that how you say his name? Log, I think. Um, I love him. I'm like strangely obsessed with him. I have been always. He's never been in anything that I didn't love him in. Um, I never watched Terriers because somebody just recommended it because I've been – since Gotham, I've been telling everybody I'm, like, strangely obsessed with him because he's so awesome. <laughs> and, um, yeah, also, uh, people who have Netflix out there, his sitcom from Fox from several years ago, Grounded for Life, just oh, really? went up on Netflix too if you want to check it nice. out. I got recommended to watch Terriers, uh, which he plays a character that's not entirely different from Harvey Bullock. Um uh, that's a good thing you could watch when there is an actual break. Is it? Is it <laughs> when's the break? Is it after this episode? I'm sure it's. it's uh, I think after they finish all the episodes for the season. Any minute now. Uh, I, I think that's what happened. I think people thought there was a break, and that's why people quit watching. But it doesn't matter because we get a season two. Yay. Happy Gotham. Right. Bye. <laughs> Thank you very <laughs> Thank much, John. You. We always love your voicemails. They're mm-hmm. so fun. They're fun. Okay. And our last voicemail here, we told you we had a lot, <laughs> from Rebecca. Take it away, Rebecca. What's up, Legends of Gotham? What's, What's up? up? Rebecca Johnson calling about the episode The Blind Fortune Teller. I loved so much about this episode. Getting to know the Graysons, Barbara's scenes with Ivy and Kat, Bruce meeting with Wayne Enterprises using his school notebook, which wasn't very executive-like, but I enjoyed that it reflected his age. Although, I'm not sure if kids use iPads more than notebooks nowadays. Not sure. (laughs) And I think it's interesting that in the notebook, he has this kind of really scary monster-looking image in there that he's been doodling. I guess you could maybe say it looks like a bat. I don't know. It's a Darkness. No parents. Really scared bad, if that's bad. Uh, so that was really fun. And, of course, I loved finally getting to look at this Joker. I was a little... <laughs> that sounds like it would be a really good song. 
Hey, look at this Joker. Look at this Joker. Look, look at him. Hey, Joker. look at this Joker in a Joker way. Joker! I about what Gotham's take on Joker would be, but I liked that he has a connection to Haley's circus because I think it might explain why he chooses a clown persona in the future. Though it sounds like he didn't much care for his mom's um, interactions with no. clowns. I guess is the best way to say that. <laughs> uh, the actor playing Jerome brought it with that cackle and I think that is essential to any great Joker performance so he did a great job with that awesome episode and I can't wait to hear your thoughts thank you very much Rebecca thank you as Yay. always love hearing from you okay and let's see here uh, we got a letter here from Fee, Fee shall I I'd, show you I was going to a few. okay go ahead okay. Uh, Fee says I am conflicted over Gorkins I like the idea of them I'd much rather uh, Jim be with Leslie instead of Barbara So it I'm says Lee it does uh, not say Leslie. I, I correct it every time. I, know. I always will. So I'm fine with Corkin's half name and I hope they stay together. But I'm just not feeling any chemistry between the actors, even in this week's Gorkin's heavy app. So I can't get too excited about shipping it or get any feels from their scenes. I actually kind of feel the same way. Yeah. A little bit. Pretty much. Uh, Morena Baccaran is also in The Flash as the voice of Harrison Wells' of mysterious, <laughs> mysterious secret supercomputer room from the future, Gideon. And I feel like her disembodied voice has more chemistry with Tom Cavanaugh in those brief scenes than her whole embodied self has with Ben McKenzie. Ouch. Calling it now, uh, Leslie Tompkins will be uh, disassembled into a computer by the end of the season. And it'll be done by the Riddler. In other news, I thought Cameron... Mo- Monaghan uh, was fabulous. I know the powers that be haven't officially said he's officially the Joker yet, but I don't see how he won't be unless it's the biggest misdirection in the whole entire history of misdirections. Mm -hmm. I gather that there's some debate uh, about whether giving the Joker a definitive backstory is a good thing or not because he's not meant to have one. But as someone who doesn't have any strong feelings about comics canon, I I think it's interesting that they've set him up uh, that he knows the Graysons, even to the extent that his mother was sleeping with one of them. Uh, they also made a point of him saying that the circus was his family. To me, that feels like setup so that if the show ever gets to a place in the future timeline where we have a fully formed Joker, they could easily and believably have him go back to the circus and kill the family he got excommunicated from. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I actually like that. Like, I really like that. Yeah, yeah he that could, could be, be responsible good. for... An entire him, it, it, a collab between the Joker and Gordon, you know, making Robin. I, I guess in the Graysons would be involved too. Interesting. Uh, but uh, it, which, of course, leads uh, to Bruce looking after Dick, uh, which could be the basis for the adversarial relationship between Batman and the Joker. Hmm. Uh, looking forward to the podcast. Fee. Fee. I like Thank that you. she added more E's for us. <laughs> yeah, we we always appreciate the extra E. <laughs> And uh, we always uh, – anyone got some E? Uh, we, wow. Know, right? Horrible. Okay. So okay. to the Twitters. Yes. This week, Win Mercer says, fish should tutor Bruce in board negotiations. Butch needs dance lessons. Nagging is bad. Love the show. Hashtag Gotham. And uh, Jube Jbot says, I'm loving every minute of Gotham. Uh, do you see, did you see uh, hashtag Fruit Brute? Delicious. And that's the cereal from the Tarantino Oh, okay. It was in Barbara's apartment. Gotcha. These are the things I don't understand. Wasn't there a third one? 
No, I, I you cut it. Yeah, I think I cut it because oh. it wasn't relevant. Oh, okay. Well, there you go then. That's the end of the show. Enjoy. <laughs> but I won't cut yours. Night. So email us legendsofgotham <laughs> at gmail.com. Tweet us at Legends of Goth- Gotham. The Facebook is facebook.com slash Legends of Gotham. And the voicemail number is 424-274-2352. Again, that's 424-274-2352. And get us your Red Hood thoughts early and often. <laughs> Uh, now, Anne-Marie, where can people find you online? You can find me on Twitter at Simone, and I write crunchy things and crafty things at crunchycrafty.com. I lost it. Whatever. <laughs> it's fine. And as for me, uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Bill Meeks, and you can follow our YouTube channel where we stream this every Tuesday night at 8.30 p.m. EST at YouTube dot universebox.com which is Speaking also where we're, universe box yeah we're, which is also where we're putting Jesus. out our new podcast universe box which is stories set to a theme uh, it's it's kind of mr rogers for adults mr a little rogers bit. for grown-ups i mean I there's think. not necessarily uh you know moral of the story at the end of the episode yeah and it's not like for adults as in like adult material like pornography or anything like that it just no for, we could do a pornography episode no we couldn't I don't think I I don't think I can handle it. I don't so, think I could either. <laughs> join us next time for more Legends, Legends of, of Gotham. <laughs> Ending on porn. Ending on porn. Good times. Too bad we can't make that the title. We can't. We can't make that the title. Because then they know we were we were ending on porn. <laughs>